Welcome to the first episode of the Read Option Podcast. My name is Andrew Suter. I'm joined here with Logan and Peyton. What's up, guys? How are we doing today, fellas? As well as produced by Fabio. Hey, how you doing, man? All right, everybody. So let's just uh, let's just jump right into it. It's been a busy week, I believe, in uh, the world of college football. Uh, I think the big headliner was Mike Leach moving to Mississippi State from his post at Washington State. What do you guys think? I'm, I'm going to say one thing with this. Awful hire by Mississippi State. What Awful you, hire. What do you think, I have Payton? to completely disagree with you there, Logan. Um, Leach built a heck of a program at Washington State. He pulled in big transfers, uh, most notably uh, probably Gardner Minshew, who is one of the best quarterbacks in Pac-12 history. Okay, um, he had one year to go off of. But I mean, still, I mean, he, he was like a Heisman finalist. He, he finally got to do some things with some key players, um, and now he's doing big things in the NFL. I think he's doing a pretty good job, and he's joining – a new coaching staff, even regardless in the SEC, because now you got Lane Kiffin also going SEC. I think when you have the addition of Mike Leach, I don't know, coaching-wise in the SEC, it's packed. I, w- I would have to agree with that. I think there's a lot of a lot of different personalities in the SEC. I would say about probably seven out of the top ten coaches are now in the SEC in college football. I mean, that sadly, that is where all the money is, I believe, in college football. I, you got to think, Mike Leach only went, what, 139-90? and 90? There's two cents at Texas Tech and Washington State. I mean, like, this is not a good hire. They had pretty, some, pretty decent momentum. I know losing their bowl game, but, you know what, he went 83-69 and 69 in his conference play, you know, took, you know, has a pretty good ball record of getting to a bowl, but never really winning one. I, I would agree with that as well. I mean, I, the only good memorable year I can remember Mike Leach having at Washington State was the Garner Minshew yeah, year. Yeah, he had one good year at Texas Tech, too, and that was 2008 when he had, what, Michael, Cra- what, Michael Crabtree on the He had Michael Crabtree and Graham, I want to say it might have been Harrell as quarterback. It was great. He just never did anything in the, in the league. But, I mean, personally, I think his Texas Tech time, when you think about what he did there, it all comes down to how he had to resign before the bowl game in his final season. Uh, before uh, Ruffin McNeil, God bless his soul, um, took over before he went to ECU. But at Washington State, I mean, he did put up some good years. You know, you see a couple nine and fours, eight and fives. He he knew how to get things out of his players. I think it's a good hire by Mississippi State. We'll see how you know Mississippi State want to win the Egg Bowl. You know, bottom tier SEC team. They're rooting to go eight and four every year. But you know, I won't give Mike Leach any time to do that. Yeah, and and another really big coach vacancy, I believe, is the Baylor coach vacancy. I believe Baylor is going to be one of the best teams in the Big 12 next season. I believe they have all the right building blocks, all the right tools, all the right players. It's just getting the right guy, the, that Matt Rule-like guy in that system. I don't think there's another guy like that on the market. You know, that coaching carousel is getting, they, you know, finished that one up at the end. He left Baylor and he, all accounts said he wanted to stay and see where that program was going. I mean, props to him for keeping his players informed along the way, though. Oh, I mean, I respect that decision from him, but, I mean, I I just don't know how Baylor's going to replace him. Well, I mean, I'm I'm a Baylor fan. Uh, They're definitely my favorite team out of state. Uh, So, for Rule to be going to the Panthers, I mean, I think it's a good hire by the Panthers. I also thought that that was, you know, a little too much money. But that's aside the point. We're not an NFL podcast. We're a college football podcast. But um, for Baylor, it's going to be tough on who to find. It is. Rule was a great coach. He turned a program around that, I mean, Art Browse had built up, but then after the whole disgrace thing at the end of that, he really turned a program around that went 1-11, and and most recently went 11-3. and I think they went on like a two-game losing streak to close the season. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough because there's not many Matt Rules out there in the world. So it, Baylor has their hands full. 
And another really interesting thing I saw is that they might want to stay in-house with the assistant coach, Joey McGuire. I mean, do you think that it is in Baylor's best interest to stay in-house? I mean, at this point in the game, it's late. You got some – it's close to the other national signing day. You want to get, you know, the crews they have that are, that are committed to them to come in. You know, staying in-house could be important for that team. But, you know, it's going to be really hard to replace him. I, I like the idea of keeping it in-house because you got to think – that the program would still be run under pretty similar, you know, style as it was under Rule. Another one that had come up in the topic was uh, UCF's head coach Josh Heupel, but I don't really know if you could see that happening because there is the buyout from UCF, which is reportedly ten million. Personally, I think it's better to keep it in house, but there, there's still options out there on the table. Well, what about some other Texas ties with uh, Sonny Dykes at Southern Methodist? Like, I mean, wouldn't that be a good transfer over there, transferring I mean, from SMU to a no big 12 powerhouse and then you all, you but. also got i mean sunbelt is a good conference in my opinion i think they're one of the i think they're one of the best the best conferences so what about bill napier from louisiana lafayette beat miami of ohio in the lending tree bowl there pretty handedly i would say and you know coached at some pretty big name schools so i think that would be a good hire well stayed on the you know the coaching conversation who do you think is going to be who has the hottest seat going into the next year uh, yeah, one of the biggest coaches on the hot seat that I think is out there is Kevin Sumlin in Arizona. Um, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, back in 2011, he led Houston to a 12-1 and record. He took that money at Texas A&M, but he also inherited Johnny Manziel. So, like, you look at his first two seasons, 11-2, and 9-4. and four, That was both years that Johnny Manziel was there. And, I mean, the 2012 year, you know, that was the big-time year they beat Bama. But, I mean, after those two years, you look down – bunch of eight and five seasons seven and five I mean he could lead them to a bowl game but it's not what Texas A&M wanted and then even that moving on to Arizona he hasn't found a bowl game yet and Arizona's just not been the same in years so I think Kevin someone's probably the biggest one on the hot seat see I'm gonna go SEC you know I'm gonna go with Will Muschamp you know they had a very lackluster year going four and eight in the SEC uh that's just not what South Carolina wants from their football team you know you know South Carolina is not there to compete for national championships but they are trying to get to a New Year's Six Day Bowl, you know, and get down the line, really build that program up. You know, I think losing that App State was a big hit to that football team. That's kind of where they gave up on the season. But what did save his job was beating Georgia. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go in a different direction. I'm gonna go over to the Midwest in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm a big, a big Big Ten guy. I am not a fan of what Mark D'Antonio is doing at Michigan State right now. I don't think you're a fan of Michigan State, period. Okay, but from a non-biased commentator standpoint, I, I do not like the direction of the Mi- Michigan State football right, if program. You to, if you had to go out of the Big Ten, who would you go from the hot seat? Out of the Big Ten, I would probably go Chip Kelly at UCLA. Yeah, that really wasn't a good hire by UCLA. I think it was, and I'll tell you why. Because Chip Kelly at Oregon, he was able to put something together that I believe revolutionized college football with what he did with certain quarterbacks there at the and this type of systems that he ran at Oregon and Chip Kelly you know when he made that move to Philadelphia I don't believe he is an NFL guy I don't believe you know the NFL is quite ready for that type of system yet I think you know UCLA had thoughts when they brought him back you know maybe he can bring that kind of Oregon flair to our system but it just hasn't hasn't been the right fit how you feeling about, you know, the ACC, Manny Diaz, you know, Dave Dorn's been listed as hot seat, you know. He's done a pretty good thing there up there in Raleigh, but I don't know how long he's going to be able to keep that up. Okay, Dave Dorn's on the hot seat every year. 
They can go nine and three, and he's on the hot seat. State—that's just a thing with state fans—is they're never satisfied unless they go twelve and nine. And one thing that—and they've never gone twelve and zero. And they never will. And uh, NC State, from what what I've kind of realized, is that they'll they'll rarely make a head coaching change. They'll try and and change the offensive coordinator, change that as many times as they can before throwing the head coach out. But Doran, every year he has said he, it he has said it's our year, but it hasn't collected to that. And one guy that I really believe, uh, Tom Herman at Texas. Oh come on now! I don't know. That's kind of to me it goes back to like a Dave Doran type thing. Like if you're not just absolutely perfect on every level. Uh, you're get, you're getting the boot, and I, mean, I kind of feel like it's a little similar there. Tom Herman ain't, hasn't been a bad coach at Texas. I mean, Texas had an off year this year. I mean, I can argue that with NC State. You know, they battled through a bunch of injuries, battled through, you know, just a lot on the defensive line, offensive line, and quarterback problems at State. But you know, going back to Texas, you know, their secondary was beat up. Kind of a young defensive team. They don't have those defensive leaders that they had when they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl last year. Well, they did beat a very good Utah football team this year, in my opinion. You know, coming into the Alamo Bowl, uh, unranked, kind of season defeated, going there, getting that win against a number uh, 11 ranked Utah team. I believe that really gave a little bit of life to this program going into next season. All right, so going from guys that are on a hot seat, going to two guys that probably deserve a lifetime contract in the national championship. What are y'all's thoughts and pigs going into the national championship? Uh, personally, LSU by a million. Um, but I'm also, a lot of people have really just kind of written Clemson off ever since the UNC game where it was a one-point win. I mean, they still, even after that, were dominating teams. And they just really weren't getting the respect that they really normally would have had they beat Carolina by, like, you know, 20. See, I think Clemson's coming in with a chip on their shoulder. You know, they, they've been an underdog in all the playoffs, and those guys are coming in motivated, saying, like, all right, we, we want to take down, you know, the LSU Tigers. And, what, a number one team in, what, college football playoff, they're 0-3. Okay. The number one team hasn't won. Okay, but this is not the Clemson teams of years past. I mean, that 2016 Clemson team and that 2018 Clemson team, I mean, Dexter Lawrence, they were stacked. Number one draft picks from top to bottom. Well, on that defensive line, but this secondary is the deepest their secondary has been in years. And you still have a quarterback in Clemson that doesn't know what it's like to lose a college football game. I mean, trust me, I'm, I'm going LSU. I think LSU's the better team by a long shot, but Clemson could keep it close. I mean, a lot of people didn't think Clemson was going to keep it close with Bama, and Clemson completely destroyed Bama. Uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence had to come back down 16 to Ohio State just a few weeks ago. It could be a lot closer than a lot of people probably write this off to be. That's one of the first adversities Trevor Lawrence has faced in his college career is in a college playoff game coming down from 16 and leading them back. You know, We're seeing a whole different type of talent in Trevor Lawrence. I'm not denying that Trevor Lawrence is a great athlete and a great quarterback, and this Clemson team is not a great team. I mean, this team is still stacked. This is a young team with a very experienced secondary. But LSU... Has Clemson caliber like players times ten. They they're they're just a better football team, and that that's just what it comes down to is that LSU is a better football team. All right, head to head matchup: Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? Who's who's 
better passing, better. Who's, who thinks going to have better offensive stats? I'm going to take uh, Joe Burrow. He has the Heisman. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is due for one. He might, he might get it next year's junior year. I know he hasn't lost a game. And, I mean, I did make a pretty good point about him not losing a game and I guess the experience that comes with that. But I have to say, I mean, I think Joe Burrow is just the better guy. I think he's just an all-around better athlete. Hey, Fabio, we've been kind of quiet over there. What, what do you think about this national championship? I think uh, Joe Burrow has the – it's going to have the – the advantage in this game, the, the just a pair with uh, Joe Burrow and then the two wide receivers, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I'm taking Joe Burrow all day, except on one account, which is his ability to run. Well, man, Joe Burrow is an athlete. No, I mean, don't forget I, about I'm that. Not, I'm not. I'm not saying that. He's the I'm Tom just Brady saying of college football. I. <laughs> that's a good analogy, hey, but you know who said that? Dabo Sweeney. But I'm still going with the Clemson Tigers upset. Really, Travis Etienne, LSU is gonna be sleeping on him. There, I, I feel like Travis Etienne is gonna come out have a good ball game. Trevor Lawrence, you know, this we're talking about a man that hasn't lost since his freshman year starting varsity, you know, in the state playoffs. That's the last time he lost a football game. It surely is a remarkable run, if I do say so. But I think Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers top him. I mean, all respect in New world. Orleans in the in the home in their home state of Louisiana. Hey, don't forget Clemson travels well. But I mean, it's in New Orleans. It's in Louisiana. It's it's a home game for LSU. Even though I think actually, like media wise, they're listed as the visitor. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game all around. Can't wait to see what those two guys put up. But let's not forget the run Joe Burrow has done this year. You know, transferring out like really buying the respect of his teammates and then coming in. And really dominating the Heisman race since what week one? His only true competitor, Justin Fields, another transfer guy. Like, man, it's a good time to be a transfer here in the NCAA. So we've talked about two obviously terrific football teams, and there have been a lot of very good football teams this past decade. What would you consider would be the most complete team of the decade? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, the Alabama team that beat Notre Dame like a drum in the national championship. Studs think on that there. team. I mean, A.J. McCarron, he was a great college quarterback, maybe not as much in the NFL, but Alabama, except for like Joe Namath, has had a history of having great quarterbacks not do well in the NFL. Um, I'd have to say Alabama is definitely up there. I mean, the Clemson team uh, of years past has, has been dominant as well. See, I'm going to go to the 2013 Florida State Seminoles. You know, all 11 guys that started on offense went on to play in the league. I mean, you know, a couple of them didn't really turn out too well, but, you know, still all 11 guys from that team. Hold on. So you said the 2013 team. The 2013 Florida State team. I mean, ain't that the team that had EJ Manuel on it? No, that was that, that was Jameis. Well, that was Jameis. Jameis okay. Winston's uh, freshman year, you know, going on to win the Heisman. Okay. So you say the 2013 team, uh, was that that's Jameis Winston's first year or is that EJ Manuel's last? That was his first year, the year he won the Heisman, and the year they had probably one of the best games of the century when they beat Auburn in the Rose Bowl to win the national championship. I mean, it doesn't matter really though because I mean EJ Manuel or Jameis Winston, they both turned out to be busts. So. Hey, I mean, well, I'm not arguing about NFL here. I'm arguing about college football. All 22 guys that started on that Florida State team went to the league. I'm a, I'm gonna jump in here and kind of throw a curveball. I'm gonna say Ohio State. That 2014 Ohio State team. That is with, bold for with, you to yeah, say. Bold, Michigan, big Michigan I, Wolverine. Guy I am a huge Michigan Wolverine fan, but wearing I'm a, a real. Jack, like you're wearing a sweatshirt. Right I, yes, I am. 
but I'm a realist, and Ohio State has kicked our tail end for this past decade, and I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to deny that, but I think that Ohio State, that 2014 Ohio State team was the best team of you the decade. You know who else is up there? That 2010 Auburn Tigers team, Cam Newton, Nate Fairley, mm-hmm. you know, Trey Mason. I mean, complete studs all around the ball. And, you know, there's a really good team over there at, in Auburn. That year they came back in Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama where they down like 38-14 at halftime and came down and, and beat them. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy world out there in the life of college football. But, I mean, we're definitely in, I believe, for a few surprises on Monday night. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. For sure. So, you know. I'm just going to say this. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> you know, saving the both Tigers, but. Yeah. Ed, or- Ed Orgeron. What are your thoughts on Ed Orgeron? Hey, I, I'm rooting for him. I know. Not not this game, but, you know, I'm I'm rooting for his success. I mean, he deserves a pretty lengthy contract. He's really rebuilt that team from less miles. And he, I mean, he's turned that program around in Baton Rouge. Uh, what a coach. Great motivator. I mean, this is his dream job for him. You got to love it for him. I mean, he's wanted to coach LSU since, I mean, he was a little kid. He played at LSU. Uh, I mean, it's the dream scenario for, for him. Um, all the best, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, what are what are your dark, horse, dark horses for next season? Notre Dame makes the playoff. Uh, that's very, very bold. Um, I'm going to thoroughly disagree with that. I'm going to go with Georgia. I think Georgia gets it done finally. They get over the hump. And uh, you see Georgia quite possibly in another national championship game. Without Jake Fromm or DeAndre Swift? I don't know. Georgia's still great. I don't know. Or, I, I, got, I got a lot of faith in them. And remember, they had Jacob Eason and Justin Fields transfer out of there. So they're they're pretty much – they're very obsolete at that quarterback position right now. I'm going to actually go with Oregon. Justin Herbert is leaving, yes. But I believe that the Oregon Ducks, they have a chance to get a very big win against Ohio State at Oregon and the second Saturday in September and I believe that they will pull off the upset against the Buckeyes and you know run the table I mean the biggest game Notre Dame has next year is Saturday November 7th against the Clemson Tigers in Notre Dame okay but you gotta think Notre Dame doesn't have a conference so so would you rather put in I would uh, go a 12-0 Notre Dame would, would you would you put in a Georgia team that you know loses to Alabama say Alabama has an incredible year and runs the table again would you put in an Alabama team that beats a Georgia or would you put in a Georgia team that loses to Alabama in the SEC championship over a 12 and 0 Notre Dame team no i would always go a 12 and 0 Notre Dame team always go a 12 and 0 Notre Dame even team. though with the loss to number 1 Alabama potentially even at the end the of the loss, year even with the loss you want to give you know the best team out there and you know, Notre Dame's football schedule is very kind of favorable on the front end, but, you know, they got some tough games against Wisconsin, Stanford, Clemson, and don't forget they got to travel to the L.A. Coliseum to face the USC Trojans. I mean, Notre Dame does have a tough schedule. They do. I mean, there's no getting around that. But the one thing with Notre Dame that I just I cannot ever get over is how you can play 12 games and get in the college football playoff. Personally, I know this is kind of, you know, old man maybe yelling at the cloud here, but, like, I feel like if you win the conference title for, for whatever, which one, 
you, you probably deserve to be in there, unless in certain instances. Like the Pac-12 this year, completely different instance. Utah or Oregon didn't really deserve to be in there. Um, but with teams like Notre Dame, I mean, unless they just go 12-0. and If they go 12-0, and I don't have a problem putting them in the Final Four. But seeing a, a Notre Dame team go like 10-2 and or even 11-1 and and really having any form of consideration to being in it, okay, I'm but, not a fan of. But UCF went 13-0. and Won their national championship or won their conference championship. Oh, the American national championship. Oh, they're the national titles. Yeah. yeah they hold it. <laughs> yeah. So, but the college football playoff, they didn't make it. I mean, you power six conference. This is a whole another argument of expanding the college football playoff. Four teams is just not enough, and you got to give these powers, these non-power five schools a chance. I mean. I wouldn't even put Notre Dame as a Power 5 school because they don't have a conference in football. And it goes back to something, you know, it's funny we brought his name up earlier in this Mike Leach. Uh, there was a video of him talking about how he thinks personally playoffs should run. And if you think about it, it's true. I mean, high school football, there's a state playoff. It's a tournament. Division three has a tournament. Division two has a tournament. FCS, a tournament. And you the know only- the pros? Tournament. tournament. The, only co- the only level of football that doesn't have a like actual bracket more than just four teams or whatever is D1 college is the FBS D1 college football. Okay, but there are a lot of teams that I personally believe that win conferences every single year that should not be in the playoff. So you're saying you're going to put a Mountain West team up against Alabama? I mean, that that's look, look, look at the well, look what, at the what does that tournament. what does that do? What does that do? Okay, but that's a completely different. That's no, a completely you put different a one thing. against a sixteen. I mean, you let the guys go out there and compete. That's you know? a completely different. Honestly, though, I think you. I think you put it. I'd like to see it similar to how FCS runs. If it's twenty teams, you have all the conference champions, and you have a couple at large ones. I know that sounds crazy because the way bowl games work, I know it generates so much money. But you could also maybe incorporate a bowl game to each playoff game too. Well, I mean, wouldn't that be the same amount of bowl games? You have the top yeah, eight teams going. Would, yeah. It would be the same amount of bowl games. You know. Getting into that, bowl games, waste of time. But most bowl games are a waste of time. I don't believe so. I I think bowl games, it's that extra time to practice. And it's it's that extra time to groom guys for next year and, you know, get, get experience for the younger crowd. I'm not going to lie. And it's a time to expand on recruit and everything else. I don't see the fun in going 6-6. Six and six. And playing in the Bad Boy Mowers Bowl, I don't see what's so funny. I mean, in that. I mean you it's got, just extra. It's just an extra game. It's just an extra practice. I mean, don't it's get an me experience wrong. for the kids. I mean, I mean, don't I, get me wrong. Yeah, those kids at UNC Charlotte going to their first ever bowl game, first ever winning season in Charlotte, and, and being losing. able to travel to the Bahamas, but then losing in the bowl game, like that's disheartening for those kids. And then in the recent years, with you know those high class seniors, you know, not playing in the bowl game, you know, one of you have a guy. You know, from the MAC or you know the American that's you know projected to go you know pretty decently high, but still wants to play in that ball game to get extra reps. But you but, know, tears an ACL and he's out. But shouldn't those student athletes have the the opportunity to at least you know win that game? Like, hey, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not. I'm just saying it's like they don't go time. in with the mindset of hey, we had a great season, but you know we're gonna lose this game. So. No, I'm, know, not, I'm not saying they're like not going to go in there. They, they prepare to win. They prepare to compete. I mean, no one no one has that mentality. But, I mean, when, when we also have, like, 40 different bowl games on the schedule, I mean, well over three-fourths of them, I feel like, are, are like particip- participation trophies at this point. I mean, you had a winning season, so we'll give you a participation award to play in the Bahamas Bowl or, or whatever. I mean, I'm saying it's a good opportunity for the kids, but I also don't want to sit there on December 20th and watch – 
you know, Central Michigan play UConn. Like, I just, I don't want to watch that game. I mean, yeah. like, UConn was yeah. well, I mean, I was, yeah, I mean, it was the first kind of school that came up, for example. But. What What else? What What other three teams do you guys pick going in, making the playoff? Like, for, for just, just Next just year? Next year. Just general. Just, you know, Notre Dame. You know, I'm going to give Clemson the benefit of the doubt. Trevor Lawrence coming back. Uh, a couple of dark horses. I'm going to go Texas. You know? See, <laughs> they got some senior leadership and quarterback, got an experienced guy, and I'm a, I think I'm gonna stick with Utah coming back. Uh, three or well, no, I guess it's four. Uh, four teams for me: uh, Clemson, Oklahoma. Forgot to mention them; they could be on uh they could definitely be a dark horse. Um, Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I mean, go I, Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler coming in. Yeah, and I like what Lincoln Riley's doing in there. He's he's found a way to produce great quarterbacks. I mean, I know, you know, they've all been transfer quarterbacks, really, if you think about it. Baker Mayfield was a Texas Tech transfer. Kyler Murray was an A&M transfer. Obviously, we all know where Jalen Hurts went. I mean, he still does know how to groom and make good quarterbacks. You know, he can lead him to the college football playoff, but I'm not believing in leaning around until he wins a college football playoff game. Okay, he gave Alabama a great game uh, last season. I know the game against LSU was pathetic, but he he's – He's led teams that that really gave you know teams like Bama a, a good game. I mean, the only really good game I really like watching from him in the college football playoff was you know that that game of the year against Georgia, Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl, like with Jake Jake Fromm's freshman year. I mean, I'm gonna give it to him. All right, so I'm going Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma has a very winnable schedule again this year. I think they can run the table, twelve and zero. Potentially number one team at the end of next season. I mean, they're going to absolutely demolish Tennessee. No problem at home. I I don't give Tennessee a chance if uh, they are in Norman whatsoever. Uh, Oregon, as you said, I think is going to be my sleeper pick. I actually have two sleeper picks, but I'll get to the second one in a second. Uh, Alabama, I think. Alabama... Who you think will be Alabama's starting quarterback next year? I think Mac Jones. You gonna go Mac Jones? Matt Mac Jones. Jones. You're not gonna go the other Tiger Valoa. No, and then they got the other like the top quarterback in the country going, but I still think Mac Jones starts. Yeah, but I mean Alabama, you know, plays USC on a neutral field. I'm, and then got some scrub teams coming in in Georgia State and in UT Martin. Sorry to any of the Georgia State in. University of Tennessee Martin fans out there, but I mean it's like East Carolina going to Michigan in a couple of years and saying, "Oh, Michigan's gonna pay them one point some million dollars to come and get their butts whooped." All right, speaking of Michigan, I'm going to make my second bold prediction and say the Michigan Wolverines finally get over the hump next year. They they and lose beat, Ohio State and beat the Ohio State Buckeyes. They they do their same old crap, going eight and four and losing their big games. I don't think so at all i think you got nico collins coming back a very experienced receiver ronnie bell coming back who was their leading receiver this year you got giles jackson who is coming he's a sophomore uh joe milton is stepping up into the starting quarterback role it seems like under jim harbaugh which you know he 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 can play he can play he reminds me a lot of Justin Fields at Ohio State, you know that similar style quarterback, and you I know believe... one thing that he might have that 
Justin Fields, that he doesn't have that Justin Fields is, is he's not Justin Fields. I understand that. Justin Fields is a different caliber player. He's Justin not, Fields is a State. great player. But uh, J.K. Dobbins, Heisman frontrunner next year? J.K. Dobbins declared for the draft. Oh, did he really? I did not see that. Yes, sir, he did. So Ohio State is going to be depleted in the running back department. Fact and check. Huh? I said fact check. I mean, that's a winnable schedule. If you look at that, I mean, yes, you have Michigan State and Ohio State away. Lost. And Lost. what? There, there is no way Michigan is losing to Michigan State. I'm putting all my money down that Michigan go, rolls into East Lansing next year and whips the crap out of the Spartans. And now moving on to all the other magical conferences in college football. Who do you guys have come out of the American Athletic Conference out of the East side? Uh, looking at the East side, you know, we all have an East Carolina bias to us. Um, and they do have the second best recruiting class coming in. However, I don't think it's going to be a bunch of freshmen. That, that get it done for them. I expect, obviously, better results for East Carolina, but I'm going to have to go with UCF. I think UCF still retains a lot of talent. They, you know, we brought up Josh Heupel earlier, you know, maybe into the Baylor job, but that's a $10 million buyout. I think, you know, you retain them. I think UCF still stays good. I'm, go- I'm going Cincinnati in the East. Cincinnati? I'm going to, I'm going to probably go UCF. I think, I agree with a lot of Peyton's points that, you know, UCF does have a lot of experience and they they do have a a a coach that knows how to win football games. With a combination of that experience and that coach that knows how to win football games, you always get good results. Fabio, who do you have coming out of the East here? So even though I'm a big East Carolina fan um, here, uh, my pick is going to be UCF. Um, that's my my personal choice on so, this. So you you guys are thinking UCS coming back to their 2017 national championship days? Uh, far from it, nah, man. I think they can handle the American East though. <laughs> what? Who do you have coming out of the West, Peyton? Uh, in the West, I think the Memphis Tigers once again get it done. I mean, this is a team that they've steadily improved. They've been better and better and better. They had what's his name, Daryl Henderson, go in the draft uh, to the Rams running back. I mean. They, they, they bring in talent, and I don't see why they couldn't continue to go. You guys ready for a dark horse pick here? Something will surprise you? Houston Cougars. Ain't no way. Ain't no way? Ain't no yeah, way. King comes back. They got a receiver coming back. You know, that solid team all around the ball. They just kind of gave up midway of the year with all that, you know, transfer news and stuff like that. Houston Cougars, they introduced tanking to college football. I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs> man, Jerry man, he's like, oh, man, I don't feel like playing this year. But, you know, I, I got faith in those boys, you know, coming out. I would love nothing more than to see Dana Holgerson suck again. <laughs> All right, well, moving on from that conversation, <laughs> I'm I'm going to go with the Navy midshipmen. Uh, I think Navy has the best chance. Uh, I believe they do have everybody on off, pretty much everybody on offense returning. Don't quote me on that, but even if they don't, they're one of the triple option, and it's pretty much unstoppable. I I believe so. Uh, I'm don't going Navy. Don't give the ship. You got Fabio. My pick on this is Memphis, and one of the big reasons is because they had the best. Um, record this year they had tw- they went 12 and 2 okay but Memphis is currently going through a head coaching change so we don't know if they're going to be keeping all the recruits or not or you know who's transferring and you know there's that program is still p- 
up in the air in my opinion. So that's why I'm I'm going the safe pick in Navy. You know, who finished under Memphis, obviously second in the West, but I I believe that that's pretty much the sole reason why I'm picking Navy. Moving on to the ACC, Peyton. The Atlantic Division of the Atlantic Coast Conference. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Clemson. Yeah, I feel yeah. like all four of us. Yeah, are yeah, just yeah. Well, we Clemson. just Clemson. Yeah. Clemson. 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 All right. What about the Coastal? Because the Coastal is not as it's competitive. Not as competitive. You're right. So, who do you, who do you have coming out of the the Coastal Division? Okay. So, quick funny story. There was one thing that I seen, and I want to say it was on Barstool, and it was about the Coastal, and it was just about how. Like, you look at how they finished this year. So many teams were just so close to winning that division, and it was, does anybody even want to win the Coastal? Like, no one really cares about the ACC Coastal. Just no one does. They it's, Who's going to get beat up by Clemson in the ACC Championship game? I'm going to have to take Virginia Tech, though. You're going to go Virginia Tech? Go Virginia I'm Tech. going Virginia Tech, too. You know, their defense is going to have to rebound with losing that long time of defensive coordinator, but I'm, I'm going, going Hokies. I'm going the – North Carolina Tar Heels, I think Mac Brown and Sam Howe uh, get it done in the Coastal next year. And I think they actually give Clemson a run for their money in the ACC championship game. So. I, like, I like your pick there, though. Like, I mean, I do like UNC. I like Sam Howe. He was by far the best freshman quarterback in the country. I just think when, when you go to a team like Virginia Tech, if it's at Virginia Tech, that's where Carolina could falter. I, I agree with that. Um can you, Fabio? Can you pull up the schedule for us? Uh, the UNC schedule. Can you do that for us real quick? Go ahead. So you're saying Virginia Tech wins it, but if it's not in Keenan. If you take Virginia Tech and you have it in Blacksburg, Virginia, Virginia Tech's going to Oh, oh we, we, we know who has the worst home field advantage in college football, the North Carolina Tar Heels. No, I, I, I think if the you get a night, if you get, if you get a night game. In Keenan Memorial Stadium against Virginia Tech, I think North Carolina pulls it out. Yeah, with all seven people there watching it. I mean, that's kind of bold. I mean, yeah. USC had a pretty good showing. I mean, they had a they had a good year. I mean, they beat American East Temple by lost that. Put up fifty five against them, fifty six against them. So I mean, uh, looking ahead to UNC's twenty twenty schedule, they have uh, UCF, they have Auburn. That's a neutral site game. Uh, they face off with James Madison. Uh, Got to look out for those guys. Uh, should be an easy win in the UConn Huskies. So what? They're gonna go two and two in non-conference play. Where do they play at Virginia Tech? Uh, for Virginia Tech, that game is at Keenan. Okay, a night game at Keenan. I'm taking UNC. Hokies all the way. I think so. I'm still gonna go to the Hokies. Still going Hokies. Still going Hokies. Yeah, what what Hokies. about you, Fabio? Uh, I'll go Hokies on this one too. Okay. Okay. Now, now transitioning into the Big 12 Conference, you know, we're going to just pick the top two because they have 11 teams. So, And the top two teams play in the conference championship. So who are you taking for your team number one, your, your team to win the regular season? I feel like, once again, we almost could maybe unanimously say Oklahoma. I don't know if There's that's no what way you'll get me out saying Oklahoma in this. Okay, all right, well, never mind. I'm taking Oklahoma, and who would I have as number two? Um, you know, I'm a Baylor fan, like I said. Uh, I'd like to see Baylor do good, but you never really know what's going to happen, especially after a coaching change. Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, yeah, I know he's got a pretty good recruiting class coming in. Um, for the heck of it, I'm going to go Oklahoma State. I'm going to go Orange here. No, give me a hook on Texas. Texas. 
as your first. Texas um, as my first. What about your second? I'm going Battle of the Oranges here. Texas versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. I uh, number one, I'm putting Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma is the dominant team in the Big Twelve. Nobody's catching them for many years. Not even Texas. Not even Texas. And for the second one, I I'll probably throw in Texas in there. I, I think Texas has a better year. Uh, number eleven recruiting class right now. And I think I think they'll lose to Oklahoma, obviously. But you guys are think missing one thing: senior quarterback Sam Ellinger. He he's Best not a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. Don't even. I'm uh, not a fan of it. Like in Texas, also. I mean, I know it's this year. We're looking to next year, but like they talk about defensive back university and then proceeded to give up like forty something points to LSU. I mean. I'm not a. I'm, if you I'm want a good fan. senior quarterback, I mean, look at Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, Sam Ellinger. Sa- Sam Ellinger is not is not my textbook definition of a, what a senior quarterback is. I mean, man, he has a, a he has man, a sugar bowl. I'll give him that. Man, he has a sugar man's bowl. He's a stud, dude. He Don't has go, a sugar bowl. I mean, he get, has a big. He has a Big Twelve championship title. Does he not? Man, man no, he does not. Does not. Okay. Man, That's man, right. Man has lose. one thing though. Man's got swagger. You come in, run the ball. Okay, you know, he's Tom Herman not guy. my definition of swagger. What about you, Fabio? Who do you have coming out of the Big 12 Conference? My top two are going to be Oklahoma and Texas. As Texas is second place. Um, but that senior quarterback, I don't think it's going to be enough to, to beat Oklahoma. What do you do, senior quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to ask you hear this and it puts a bigger chip on your shoulder. I... I have a question. What do you guys think of Kansas? Do you think Les Miles is going to be able to turn this Kansas program around next He's year? He's got miles to go. Well, there has been also rumors that Felipe Franks in the Trades Reporter is interested in Kansas. So if they could land Franks, I mean, you got a heck of a quarterback over there at Kansas all of a sudden. Um, but no, I mean, there's there's been videos I've seen in the past of Kansas where like they go around on campus and ask students, like, Name three players on the football team, and they can't name three. Or name the record from last year. They can't do it. Okay, like, but but do you think he has the ability to bring that culture back, no. that culture of Kansas no. football back? Because many people forget that they were the number one ranked team back in 2007. Yeah, I mean, that was the most random year of college oh, football. Oh, but they were still the number Missouri. one ranked team back then. Until they lost to Missouri. Exactly. But, I mean, do you, st- do you think that they win more than – one game in Big 12 play. No. They might win two. Might win two? <laughs> Who they win against? Um, uh, Texas. I'm going to say they beat... Uh, West Virginia was not great. I'm going to take a uh, win. I'm going to say they beat West Virginia and Texas Tech. Man, one one thing. Those those fans in Morgantown can make any home game a hard game. Some dedicated fans, I'll tell you that. I mean, they, they definitely show out there. But All right, moving on to the Big 10. Peyton? Who do you got taking the East? In the East, well, uh, Ohio State's got a lot of turnover. Um, you might be a Michigan man, but I'm not. I'm gonna take the Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State, uh, Penn. why? Why? I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Why do you have Penn State? I honestly just didn't want to say Ohio State or Michigan <laughs> man. I honestly just didn't want to say. So, you, so you're going for somebody different? Yeah, I'm just going to try to throw out a, an oddball. Okay, Logan. Ohio State Buckeyes. Why? And Justin Fields returning, solid team put around him. You know, losing J.K. Dobbins, still a good, t- still a good team with Ryan. Case Young not there anymore. 
I mean, Ohio State. Ohio State, that's all you're going to have Ohio to say. State. That's all there it's is to say. The Ohio State. The Ohio State University. Ohio State. Let's go ahead and get yours out of the Okay, way. Uh, I, I'd say the Michigan Wolverines get it done this year. I say they they run they run Big Ten play. I think and a better question, um, sorry to cut you off there, but do they beat Ohio State? <laughs> yeah, I think they I think this is the year that they do it. I think you no, know, they with everybody that they have returning on defense, Justin Fields does not have as many weapons around him this year. With a Aluve leaving, J.K. Dobbins leaving. I mean, Justin Fields was pretty much non-existent in this game, the Michigan game that took place in Ann Arbor last November. He did not do... He was not a Heisman contender in that game, that football game. Neither was Chase Young. J.K. Dobbins stole the show in that game. Justin Fields went 40-1, and 40 touchdowns to one interception last year. Oh, I, I know that, but he was not a... He did not play like the Justin Fields in the earlier part of the season. I mean, yes, he was battling an ankle injury, but still, I believe that Michigan has the ability to beat Ohio State and potentially take back the rivalry in the de- this decade. I mean, you look at even the results, though. I mean, you have 56-27, 62-39. I mean, this it's a Michigan team that can't even compete. Like they're not okay, even but, the same level. Right, okay, no, 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 but hey, it's a whole different stop. topic for no, a no, day. no, no. But if you look at it. None of those problems have been none of those problems have been offensive. It's all been all defensive. I mean, putting up 26 points against Ohio State, it, I would say it was pretty good. That's beatable against Ohio State if you have a good defensive standing. So, that's Michigan's problem I personally believe is the defensive side of the ball where they're not addressing all the issues. Fabio, who do you have taking the East? I do not have Michigan. Okay. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'll, I'll go Ohio State. Um I, I I think that they have a pretty good chance of of getting it next year too, um, it's just not gonna be Michigan. I'm sorry, bud. Well, Fabio, I've never had your support in any of my decisions, anyways. So, <laughs> moving on to the Big Ten West, Peyton, who do you got? Um, you know, Wisconsin. I'm not really big on losing Jonathan Taylor, uh, and even with Jonathan Taylor, they were very one-dimensional on offense. It was pretty pretty easy to tell. Um, you know, I'm gonna row the boat. PJ Fleck, uh, Minnesota, Golden Gophers. Minnesota, they had a good golden. They had a good golden year this year. Row the boat. They they don't do it again. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I'm um, I'm going Minnesota, and PJ Fleck. There are very few coaches in college football that can make me want to run through a brick wall every time I hear them speak. PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck. Excuse me. Is one of those coaches that I would run through a brick wall I would for. So. I am going Minnesota solely off of PJ Fleck and my confidence and in his ability to make Minnesota a winning football team. Fabio, who do you have in the West? I'm sorry, but I will have to agree with Logan on this one. I'll go Wisconsin. All right, good pick, good pick. Moving on to Conference USA. Peyton, who do you have winning the East? Looking at the East, I mean, it's a Florida Atlantic team that just lost Lane Kiffin, but they just picked up Willie Taggart. I'm going to go FAU. Hey, Willie Taggart knows how to recruit Florida. FAU. I'm I'm going FAU as well. I think that the absence of Lane Kiffin will not be felt with a great coach who I personally, personally believe did not get enough time at Florida State, so I'm going FAU. Fabio? Uh, with this one, I'll go. 
I'll go Florida Atlantic. Okay, so pretty unanimous. So you unanimous. All right, what about the West? Peyton. Uh, looking at the West, well, it all kind of depends still because, you know, the coaching carousel is still uh, rolling. Uh, I like Louisiana Tech. If Skip Holtz leaves, though, I want to say UAB. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick Louisiana Tech. I'm going to say Louisiana Tech. Hey, I'm in, I'm in the same boat with you. Skip Holtz, leave, if he leaves, UAB. If he stays, Louisiana Tech. Um, I'm going UAB no matter what. I don't think that those two unanswered touchdowns against App State and the New Orleans Bull was a fluke. I believe UAB is a for-real football program. I believe they're going to be one of the best mid-major schools next year. So give me UAB out of the West. Fabio, who do you got winning the Conference USA West? Uh, I'll make it a unanimous on this one, too. UAB will get a dish uh, next year. Nah, can, can we talk about this? Not quite uh, unanimous. But, I mean, can we talk about uh, <laughs> how UAB's program has rebounded from being shut down a couple years ago? Like, that's an that, amazing that, amazing story. That part's impressive. I mean, it's an impressive story, but, you know, still not changing my pick. I... So who has the best record out of the independents? Notre Dame. All Notre right. Dame. Notre Dame. Move on. All right. The Mac. Some Maction. Maction, man. Who, right, who, do you got, who do you got out of the East? Out of the East. Um, you know, they went to the title this past year. I'm a big fan of the Red Hawks, man. I, I'll take Miami. I'm taking the other team from Ohio. The Ohio Bobcats. The Ohio Bobcats. I'm going to go... The Miami of Ohio Redhawks, I believe that the school that Big Ben Roethlisberger built is going to be the winner of the MAC East. What about you, Fabio? I'll agree with you. I'll say Miami. Miami of Ohio. Peyton, thoughts on the MAC West? Uh, Central Michigan, you got Jim McElwain. Um, he led a program that I believe was, what, 1-11 last year? to an 8-6 and six record. I know it didn't exactly end the way that they would have liked to, losing the conference championship and losing their bowl game. But, I mean, a good coach just obviously turned stuff around Central Michigan. I mean, like the great country song, country song Chippewas. Chippewas. All right, I'm going to go the Western Michigan Broncos. I think – Taking P.J. Flex first off. I'm, I'm taking the Broncos. I, I've always liked Western Michigan. Um – Kalamazoo, if you've ever been to Kalamazoo, uh, the Space Museum there is absolutely incredible. So, Fabio, who do you got out of the MAC West? Uh, I'll, on the West, I'll go Central Michigan. Central Michigan? Yeah. All right, moving on to the Mountain West Conference now. Mountain West Mountain Division. Um, Looking at it, it's always easy to say Boise State. Uh, I'll be a little interested pick a little different one here. Let's go Air Force. Air Force. Wow. Air Force. Um, they've been kind of that silent underdog. Um, they always seem to somehow pull off a great year. I mean, you look at their past season, 11 wins. Uh, only one loss in the conference. Uh, that going to Boise State. I I don't see how you don't root for, for Air Force. See, I'm going all reliable. Boise State. Playing all that blue field gives them mm, an advantage. Yeah, Boise State. I mean, if you're from Idaho, you go to Boise State. I mean – doesn't matter what you are, you go to Boise State. So I, I'm with the ability to recruit around the state of Idaho. I think Boise State pulls out the Mountain Division. So yeah, I agree with that. Boise State's got it. All right, in the West, um, I'm going to take the San Diego Aztecs. I mean, I okay. know that the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii put up a great season, had a really good quarterback, but 
I'm going to take the San Diego State Aztecs. Did you see who they just hired as their head coach? Who did they just hire as their head coach? Brady Hoke. Second stint at San Diego State, so good coach there. Brought him to their first ever bowl game. So, Logan, what about you? Who do you have going out of the West? I'm going to go San Diego State. San Diego good, State. Good head, head coaching hire, you know. T- let's rebuild some program out in San Diego. Yeah, I'm I'm going San Diego State. I think Brady Hoke couldn't get it done at Michigan. Can't get it done everywhere you go, but I think he is, about, is able to, you know, take that San Diego State Aztec team to the next level and win a Mountain West Conference division title. Fabio, who do you I'll, got? I'll go Hawaii on this one. You'll go I, Hawaii? I, I feel like they, they have a pretty good chance and – and they did really, really good this year. Yeah, beat BYU in the bowl game. It was a very impressive performance. So, coming out of the Pac-12, coming out of the Pac-12, North, Peyton, who do you got? Um, I mean, I might as well go with Oregon. Um, the only team that I could see maybe uh, giving any sort of uh, a battle would be the Washington Huskies. Um, they're all, they always seem to be kind of pesky and in there, but uh, Oregon. I'm going Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I think Oregon is going to run the table in the north. Fabio, are you going to make it unanimous? Oh, yeah, I will. Oregon on this okay. one. Okay, what about the south? I'm not sold on Utah. Never have been, never will be. Um, I'm going to go with the Arizona State Sun Devils. I think Herm Edwards gets it done. Arizona State. Yep. Bold prediction. You know, I'm going to go, man, it's on the hot seat, been past couple of years. Clay Helton win the USC Trojans. I feel like he gets it done next year. I'm going to go a completely different direction. I think UCLA. You think Chip Kelly has I a good think, turnaround? I think Chip Kelly finally gets it done. I think, you know, he's third year there. I think he's got his guys, and I think he knows what he wants to do with that football team. Fabio, who do you got? On this one, I'll, I'll say Utah. The- all right, cool. Sorry to, like, come in so quick, but, like, I love that. We all four pick different ones. <laughs> uh, that's not, I think the only one. Okay, so Utah. Far. Utah. What 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 do you have on Utah? So for Utah, my I picked them because they have some really good talent coming back uh, next year, and the, uh, in my opinion, they're gonna do really good with the with the people coming back. All right, now moving on to the very intriguing Southeastern Conference, the SEC. Who do you have coming out of the least competitive SEC East? Uh, so for my pick coming out of the SEC East, I'm going to have to take Georgia. I just think, you know, Kirby Smart, they can – he recruits well. And, you know, even though they could be losing a lot of talent, um, I feel like he also filled the gaps. So I think I think Georgia. Without Jake Fromm or DeAndre Swift, I'm going Florida. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Florida too. I mean, Gators next year stack top to bottom. Great recruiting class coming in. Georgia's losing a lot of people on offense to an offense that's not – it's a very conservative offense. Um, so I think Florida – Florida will take the SEC – or East, excuse me. I agree with that. Florida has a pretty good chance of getting some new new recruits in, and they're going to be doing great. All right, what about the West? Do you think LSU still has uh, as good of a season without Joe Burrow there next year? Or do you think somebody else wins it? I think LSU still retains good talent. Uh, the quarterback position, that's obviously going to be just very, very tough to fill. But even if, you know, some of y'all pick Bama, you got to look at the quarterback there. Is it Mac Jones? Is it going to be someone else? I know we kind of talked about that a little earlier. I'm going to stick with the Tigers. So, I'm, I'm taking LSU. I'm going to go with a different set of Tigers, the Auburn Tigers. You know, Bo Nix coming back, a strong team. 
returning. Uh, I feel good in Auburn with what they have coming back. And I'm going to take the notorious Alabama Crimson Tide. I think with Najee Harris coming back, with pretty much their whole defense coming back, with the exception of a few guys, uh, yes, the quarterback situation is a little bit up in the air. Don't know if Matt Jones is going to be throwing the, thrown in there or not, but I believe that uh, Alabama has the ability to win the SEC West. Fabio? On my pick, I'll go LSU. LSU, oh. hands down. Even though they're not going to have Joe Burrow back, I feel like they're going to have a really good quarterback come in, and it's going to get the job done. Okay, so last but not least, our favorite conference, the Sun Belt Conference. Might Who do you have coming favorite. out of the Sun Belt East? Sun Belt might be the least watched conference in D1 football easily. Because, I mean, I know people that watch Maction on Tuesday nights. But, no, back to the Sun Belt. Um, I don't know if we'd all be unanimous or not. I'm taking App State. App State. Yeah, yeah. App, State, yeah App State, Appalachian State. All right, cool. Yeah, I take App State because, um, I mean, just, man, they have such good talent. Even three coaches, Drinkwitz. But uh, I think that they're still going to be good. They kept it in-house. So... You know, should just be the same old ship as always. What about the West? I think we're all pretty unanimous on App State. So, what about the West? Um, you know, if Billy Napier leaves uh, Louisiana Lafayette, it's a little different. But I still want to take the Raging Cajuns, uh, Louisiana. See, I'm going to Arkansas State. Um, I'm always going to be rooting for Blake Anderson after losing his wife this year. You know, Georgia did a great thing with that pink out they had for him. Uh, I just, I'm always going to be rooting for Arkansas State for the Red Wolves. I'm going to take Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, great team. You know, not as well known. Not as, uh, not a big recruiting haven, but I think the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns take the Sun Belt West. And what a name, too, the Raging Cajuns. It's a great yeah, name. Fits the state well. Fits the yeah, state well. Raging they should be sponsored Cajuns by Bojangles. Nah, <laughs> Raisin Canes, man. They're like Popeyes. Raisin Canes. Popeyes. Popeyes is Louisiana. Mm. Yeah, well, Bojangles is quote unquote Cajun food too, but it, that's like only North Carolina. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, Fabio. I'll I'll, I'll go raise, uh, raging Cajuns in this one too. And, I swear okay. I say raging Cajuns. All right, so, <laughs> all right. So a little bit about us. I yeah. said we we all attend East Carolina University. We got some radio experience with Peyton, you know, covering you know some basketball games, covering football and baseball. So. Roll Pirates. Uh, roll Pirates. Roll Pirates. Man. Pirates by 90. Let's go. <laughs> so if... You know, please like, subscribe, and, you know... Download and all that stuff, so... And send us your feedback. Yes, yes. Yeah, we're definitely going to be posting this. We're going to try to post every Monday, um, so you guys have this podcast. And, yeah, uh, just... We'll see you next week. Stay frosty, my friends. Peace out. See y'all. Later.